Through Thick and Thin is a 12-month journey to discover your truest identity and calling in the Lord. Designed by and for young Vietnamese Catholics, this podcast welcomes special guests to discuss the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Now, here's your host, Vivian Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through Thick and Thin. I'm your host, Vivian Nguyen, and if you are new here, I post every first Friday of the month. Each month is a chapter of this 12-month journey. I hope you are and will continue to stay steadfast and consistent with me as we journey together in finding our truest identity and purpose. I also encourage you to spend a few minutes before each episode to journal the changes you see and feel personally within the last month so that as you look back, you see the beautiful growth you've made. In the last episode, Father Randy helped us find trust and love again, starting within our family, and shared his wisdom on how to have conversations with our parents when there is a wall within the relationship. And today, I am so excited for today's topic that I'm extremely passionate about, and that is self-worth which has been a major issue in humanity in general, but especially ever since social media grew prominent within our society. Self-worth definitely plays an important role in finding our truest identity and purpose. And I truly believe that there is no better person to speak about self-worth than our special guest today. She's a religious sister from the Sisters of St. Mary of Oregon, who currently serves at St. Peter's Parish in Portland, Oregon, and is the coordinator of the youth ministry including Confirmation Preparation for Youth and the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults at St. Peter's. I genuinely admire her faith, her intellect, and especially just how much joy she constantly carries within her. Let's welcome Sister Maria Q. Tran. Oh, thank you, Vivian. (laughs) so nice to be here with you. Well, thank you for for being here. I just want to start off with just an icebreaker and check in how have you been? I've been good. I actually just returned from California where um, I was visiting my family we just celebrated my grandma's uh, 95th birthday, so. Oh, wow. Oh, I know. Uh, there was a lot of food, a lot of kids running around. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Yeah, so now just coming back to Oregon, where uh, it's not 100 degree weather. So I, I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> I've heard the heat is going up this week. Oh, okay. I think I brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to start off with a would you rather question. Oh, Ready for that? Okay. Would you rather... Buy 10 things you don't need every time you go shopping or always forget the one thing that you need when you go to the store. I, don't, I feel like I already do the forget the one thing <laughs> that I need. So maybe the other one? No, because I usually don't buy things. It's just I go to the store for that one thing. And then if and I you forget, buy something else. Oh, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I write a list. <laughs> so maybe... Buy 10 things? No? No, I don't think I would bring that much money with me. <laughs> so you would rather forget one thing? Yeah, I'll just forget about it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, sister, I'm so glad you are here to talk about self-worth, a topic that I'm so passionate about. We're living in a generation with such advanced technologies where social media in particular is just taking over our lives. And make no mistake, social media has, has had its positive qualities where now we are so fortunate to forge new connections and reconnect with those so many miles away from us. Um, But unfortunately though, social media has also taken a detrimental toll on our mental health, how we shape our worldview and how we see ourselves. And even worse, like some have completely lost their sense of self, their identity. 
And even for me myself, there have been times where I've been so overwhelmed with just like the pressures of society and the pressure to be someone else so much that I've lost my sense of identity. And so we're allowing others to redefine and label us. We're walking through our day-to-day life constantly saying, I'm not good enough until I have this many followers or this many likes on social media or, or whatnot, or until this person likes me or until this person compliments me. And we're just trying to seek validation from our peers in order to feel accepted when we forget that our confidence, our identity, and our worth comes from the Lord. And so looking back at your life, have you had moments where you feel like you've lost your sense of identity due to societal pressures or comparison killers or just a lack of confidence? And what are the dangers of placing our self-worth in materialistic things? Yeah, no, this is a Awesome topic. So a little bit about myself. I was actually born in Vietnam, Mm -hmm. but at two months old, uh, my family fled to the Philippines. So I've actually been in the Philippines longer than I've been in Vietnam. Mm. So we were there for about a year. So I entered the U.S. uh, when I was one years old. So um, and then we settled in Modesto, California, which is not very much in terms of an Asian population. So I guess growing up in my childhood, the identity was okay, I'm not really Vietnamese, but I'm not really American either. So there was just, I was kind of half, half, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like a 50-50. It was just certain circumstances. I was more considered just that Asian piece. Sure. Uh, And so that identity was very much cultural. And then I was like, okay. And then the the next layer (laughs) of my identity was I'm a Vietnamese Catholic. Uh, There were some Vietnamese that were Buddhists. Yeah. Um, And so I remember growing up and I lived out the Catholic faith in a Vietnamese culture that was lived not in Vietnam, but in America. So that was the other layer of just, I think at that time, a lot of Vietnamese immigrants were trying to figure out how to continue their Vietnamese culture in America. And I can tell you it's different in different cities as well. So I was in Modesto, California, which wasn't too big in Asian uh, culture. So a lot of times I remember growing up and people kind of questioning me like, oh, so, oh, uh, like Chinese New Year. And I'm like, "Uh, I'm not Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) And I would try to um, educate people about, oh, yeah, we celebrate the Lunar New Year. More specifically for me, the Vietnamese New Year's that, you know, and I was trying to. Yeah. Uh, So I remember just having my foot in so many different worlds Mm -hmm. and then getting to a point where that word, you kind of hit it on the the head. It's like not being enough of something Mm because I was always just a certain percentage of a certain identity, but not fully that. Yeah. So I remember just having an identity crisis of, well, what uh, what am I really? And I didn't fit into a box. uh, So sometimes like, oh, you know, um. I see you, but you're not really like this person or they have expectations and I was trying to meet expectations. So yes, I remember just struggling with that sense of not being perfect. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not good enough until Mm -hmm. uh, in mental health terms, it's Mm -hmm. it's something called destination addiction. It's an actual term Mm. that psychologists have figured out. It's, Mm. I'm not, I won't be happy uh, until I get this car. My sister texted right. me a picture once. She was like, I went to a funeral in San Jose. Everyone in the parking lot was driving a Tesla. And I was like, oh, 
is that like an expensive car? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And it was just that there, there's this image of, oh, if you're successful, you could buy a Tesla. I don't know, as an Asian, it was sort of, oh, you should be good at school and you should you know, strive to be a doctor. And at one point I kind of was on that path and realized I didn't care for it too much. <laughs> that wasn't where um, God was leading me to. Right. Th- those were all in my plans mm-hmm. because that was what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. So yes, the, the being not good enough, I remember that was such a prevalent thought. Did it occur with you personally in your family as well? Oh, yes. I mean, I have, um, I'm one of seven. Oh, wow. Uh, so there were nine of us. My two older brothers died before I was born. Mm. Um, so we were always compared in different ways. Uh, I was a straight A student, but I was also not very wise, like book smart. <laughs> mm. uh, I was more book smart. I was street smart. That was it. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, and that's the, the reality. Everyone has their own strengths. Yes. And so, but for some reason, our weaknesses are just what we focus on, or at least that was uh, in talking to my siblings in our, our adulthood. Yeah, we all struggled with, oh, I was the one that was too scared of things. You know, it's probably the Vietnamese culture too. Yeah, it, it really is. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my um, we've always struggled with Vietnamese. Like, for example, I'm okay with my Vietnamese, um, but there were moments where it's not like our parents taught us anything anything's in particular and then but they'll expect us to know it for example it's like oh i wouldn't know something uh in vietnamese and at that time i was like helping my parents translate stuff mm-hmm. school papers or whatnot um and then they're like oh you don't know this word you're stupid like mm-hmm. it was always just it went always to a disin- definitive statement of how stupid right. you are um yeah. we're in a culture that's like oh i'm fat and mm-hmm. so I would hear all these fat jokes. Um, and so I really had such like an identity and insecurities come out. Mm-hmm. And I remember even in adulthood, it was like realizing, becoming aware that that was happening, uh, that I did that because I was just so inundated with all these negative critiques. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you respond to that with hearing, kind of hearing these not very nice words within the family because actually I know a lot of people who experience just exactly that within the family and they and they want to despise their their parents or whatnot and it's a very tragic thing you know to go through I wonder how you respond to that and could you give some you know like insights and advice to those who are going through the exact same kind of circumstance that you have been through I think um for me yeah there was a spiral of just being so insecure of my physical looks. There was an insecurity of being in certain social situations where I felt inferior. Uh, I remember being in college and, you know, this idea of mental health is is sort of taboo in the Vietnamese it is uh, very. culture. <laughs> and I mean, Father Renios talked about like yeah. how the Vietnamese culture, there is n- no such thing called vulnerability. <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> and so I remember in college being aware of certain mental health terminology, and I went to therapy. I, I literally, it was funny. I went to um, confession. Mm-hmm. I was part of the Newman Center at UC San Diego. That's where I went to college. And at that time, I was a human biology major, which I'm not using right now. But <laughs> I was that was I was pre med track, all these things. But I was so unhappy. Mm. Um, I was going through just this. Dep- a stage of just depression. I'm a little bit of perfectionist. 
and I had high anxiety and all these insecurities that were never dealt with as a child. And yes, God loves me. God loves me. And I was still trying to, at that time, figure out what that meant Mm -hmm. or really uh, internalize that as actually my reality that God loves me. Mm -hmm. And so I remember going to confession for the first time, uh, truly like going to confession and it was in English. And I was like a college student. And at that time I went through catechism in Vietnamese. So I've always had confession in Vietnamese, but my Vietnamese was so limited. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, so I was like, I went into confession and I was like, Father, this is my first time. And I'm speaking like this. So he was staring at me like, oh, you've never gone to confession in English. I was like, nope, I know my act of contrition in Vietnamese. <laughs> so I won't tell you what my sins were, but <laughs> I'll tell you my penance. And I was so shocked by it too. My penance was to go to therapy. Um, and this priest, oh. this Dominican priest, saw the link between spiritual growth and physical growth. Yes. Or really mental yes. healing. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I went to therapy because that was my penance. <laughs> wow. And wow, so that that's... was uh, someone in my life finally showing me that it wasn't that I was lacking faith. Mm-hmm. It wasn't any of that. I just, in my experience, have never been taught how to really love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, how to be loved by God. Like mm-hmm. that's something you have to teach and how God loves me where I am now, but he loves me enough to also uh, bring me to more healing and beauty and all that stuff to to love myself yeah. in that creative And, and that's beauty. so good because I've also heard like many people saying, you know, God loves you where you are at now. He doesn't, you know, he loves you so much so that he's willing to, help you get better. He's willing to help you improve. And that's, I mean, for me, when I wrap my mind around that kind of idea, it, it just is like, wow, God is just so good. So that was it. It was going to confession. And I remember just crying so much at that point in my life. I don't cry in public. So I was, when you said vulnerability, I was like, that's so true. I don't, (laughs) I don't cry in public. If I wanted to cry, I'd go home, close the door. And it's like an ugly cry, you know? Yeah. And that was kind of it. That was sort of the beginning of my own conversion, mm-hmm. the beginning of really encountering God mm-hmm. uh, in the sacrament of confession in that mercy. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, when we were doing the year of mercy, I, I heard a priest define mercy as God's love when it meets our brokenness. And wow. that's mercy. And that's really wow. what I felt at that moment. And so that was co- sort of when I began therapy and I realized for the first time as an adult, kind of going through my childhood, going through my current state, uh, we are always told to love our neighbors. And in a very uh, socially centered culture, and the that's the beautiful part, we're very socially centered. But I, I don't think I had really had the, that moment of loving myself. And that was when I started practicing that mm-hmm. with help, because again, no one really taught me. Um, and so that was having someone grab me by the hand and guiding me through that process. Mm, yeah. So God's been good because um, he's continued to put people in my life where, um, and given me the wisdom to, to, to walk in that path. And how has therapy helped you in terms of your understanding of, of love, like love God and love others um, and, and forgive and forgiveness as well. Yeah. Cause I think the forgiveness is towards myself. The loving part was towards myself and it's God in myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for many t- uh, years I was like, God was somewhere out there. Um, you know, he's in Rome or something. And I, I'm like, I had no intention of going to Rome at that time. And it was like searching for God's for, 
or miles and miles so far from my own my own heart. And so to kind of uh, look inward, mm-hmm. um, it's like, oh no, God's in my heart all, this whole time. And mm-hmm. I just never thought to look there. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I just, I was like, oh, I, I'm not yeah, a good and enough it's dwelling so true. for God. Yeah, yeah. And I just kind of want to touch base on just as we are now in this month of October, which is the month of the rosary, where we look to Mother Mary as our compass to Jesus. And especially when we recite the joyful mysteries, we revisit Mary's motherhood, which in and of itself is just so beautiful. But even just beyond revisiting her motherhood, we see something so powerful. And that is the fact that she never lost her her self-worth. She never lost her identity, even when there were so many other women she could have compared herself to. And she had a strenuous motherhood. It wasn't, it wasn't easy, I don't think. And so I kind of want to get your insights on how was she, how was Mother Mary so anchored in her purpose and confident in her identity um, when she could have, she could have fallen in, in this trap of comparing herself with other women of like, why can't I be like them? Why do I have to, to carry this burden, but also a gift at the same time. Yeah. You know, even if you strip away everything, um, Mary was a teenage girl. Yes. Who. And that's uh, what made it even more strenuous. She got pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I always look at Mary and her relationship with the Trinity, like Mm. each person of the Trinity, because that's kind of a reminder of what I am as well. Uh, So, you know, in my journey to be like Mary, I'm a sister of St. Mary of Oregon. In my religious life, I've chosen the name Maria. Actually, I was baptized and confirmed as Maria. And I, in becoming a sister, I chose that religious name because there's something special about Mary in the sense that um, she's a daughter of God. Like that is the core of it. I, I teach sacraments. So I always, uh, that's baptism for us. Yeah. We're baptized as a, a child of Absolutely. God. Yes. And then you get to, she's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And that's what, I, when I, prepare people for confirmation. I really say, well, we're sealing you with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Mary said. You know, she said yes to the Holy Spirit. And that's in her yes, the Holy Spirit filled her. Uh, She was already filled with the Holy Spirit um, at the moment of her immaculate conception. Uh, But in her yes, that's when Jesus took like flesh in her womb at her yes. Then that's the intimate uh, connection with Mary and Jesus, uh, her yes brought forth the flesh of Christ in her womb. When I prepare people, even especially adults, you'll see this more expressed that, oh, you know, uh, they're baptized. Oh, that's a great moment of celebration. They're confirmed. That's a great. Moment. But what they really want is that Eucharist mm. <laughs> uh, that, oh, receiving Christ physically, you know, the church is moving towards a Eucharistic revival and that's really what that is. Yes. Um, our community, the sisters um, are looking at the image of Mary and the Eucharist and how closely intimate um, that relationship is. So Mary was there. I mean, uh, one of the things growing up, I pray the rosary a lot. Even if I didn't pray it, I would just grab my rosary because that was such a big comfort for me. Uh, Mother Mary has always been that, that nurturing yeah. aspect. Yeah. Even when I had, you know, uh, some anger towards God or some of uh, some of that messiness, uh, I always ran to, to Mary. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was such a comforting thing. And I just remember thinking like, yeah, Mary's been there. We prayed the Hail Mary and literally 
Hail Mary, full of grace. Those are the words from the Annunciation Mm -hmm. that Angel Gabriel said to her. Blessed are you among women. That's referencing the visitation. That's exactly the words. So Mary's life, you know, she was at the foot of the cross. So at every mass, when the Eucharist happens, uh, she's at the altar uh, Mm. because that's the sacrifice of the Eucharist. That's the cross. Mary was at the cross. So there she is at the table. And so she's there at every mass as well. Mm -hmm. So growing up, that was sort of my image that Mary was just always there uh, when we're in our most uh, pain. What was it in her that that kind of got you really engaged in in, in what, you know, she's doing Mm -hmm. and, and her life and what inspired you? There's this concept of that she's chosen, that she's chosen for a purpose. And she said yes. She said yes, not knowing that that's really it. She, she said yes, and that's out of faith, out of love for God, and without knowing what would happen. Mm. And it's a continuous yes, mm. because, you know, with the passion came, she said yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the tomb, she said yes. In the upper room, she said yes. And I think she, I mean, she is the model even now for all of us, the apostles, the disciples, to really follow in that way of, okay, how do I say yes? How do I say a deeper yes? Mm-hmm. In my religious life now, it's kind of every year, it's sort of that renewal for me. It's like, all right, Mary, you need to help me say yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're chosen by God. When I say yes, God doesn't leave me to walk this alone. Exactly. Uh, that God is there. Uh, like if, he, if yeah, he's giving just, you the grace to start, he's going to give you the grace to finish. the grace to finish. Yeah. Even if... Um, even if I feel like I've failed mm-hmm. in many ways, and, and I definitely have. But yeah, the grace of God has always carried me to, you know, he never asked me to be perfect uh, in the task that he's given me. He only asked for my yes and my willingness and my openness mm-hmm. to walk that path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a messy journey sometimes. And even now I've had that, uh, the moments of, ah, oh, Am I enough? Am I doing this right? The kind of the doubts that kind of come creep into my mind sure. at the moments where I just, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comfort is this, that, that, that God knows what I'm capable of. He'll allow me to fail, uh, you know, in those moments. But yeah, by his grace, uh, his grace has carried me through so many things that you know, sometimes I just wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't know how I got here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I so really true. don't know how I got here. Yeah. I think for Mary, looking at her, at her life of motherhood, the motherhood of Mary never ended. Uh, I mean, it still continues now, um, even in the end of her earthly life when she was assumed into heaven. And uh, she's a mother. One of the things I teach is uh, I like to show pictures of Mary, like, all around the world, in different parts of the world, Mary's appeared to her children. And so wherever her children are in pain, are in the brink of war, are in need of that faith, of that hope, Mary appears. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that she appears so much in my daily life uh, and that she appears at moments of history that the whole world can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just always there. She's like the perfect mother. And I love how you like... <laughs> I love how you mentioned how she's just, she really relied on the Holy Trinity. Because I think yes. 
because of her dependence and reliance on the Holy Trinity that she was so anchored in her purpose and she didn't lose that sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. One of the movies I watch periodically is The Passion of the Christ. Yes. And there's one scene that absolutely striking. So So when Christ is, and it's a very like few seconds, Christ is um, carrying the cross down the road. There's it's crowded and stuff. And on one side, it's like that, the depiction of the devil, like the bald. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And then on the other side is Mary uh, walking alongside Mm -hmm. really, you know, right next to Jesus alongside. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where the eyes of Mary and Satan like meet. Mm. And like, she's aware that he's there and, Mm -hmm. but she's going to continue walking Mm. um, side by side. So it was, it's sort of just like, here's Jesus walking with a cross. Everyone's paying attention to that. And then Mary and Satan's eyes meet. And there's that powerful moment of Mary in that moment, acknowledging that evil is there, but she's still going to accompany that, that journey with us. So, I mean, cause we, (laughs) Without us knowing, we also kind of, yes. we probably see Satan eye to eye at times without even recognizing yes. it. But are we willing to also accompany, you know, Christ? Yeah. Yes. Wow. That, that's a really good depiction. And that also reminds me of this story in the gospel that I think we're going to meet this gospel this Sunday too. In, you know, in August, but we're talking about in October. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to, you know, meet this gospel where Jesus asks Peter or Simon actually who he thinks Jesus is. And Simon says, Jesus, you, you are Christ. You are the son of God. And what I really like about and just love about this story is that it wasn't until Peter acknowledged and recognized that Jesus was the son of God, that then Jesus said, okay, Simon, now you are Peter, you are the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And when I give you the, you know, the keys of heaven and whatever you Bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And it's just so powerful. It's just like, it wasn't until Peter recognized and acknowledged that that Jesus is is Christ, that Jesus then gave him his identity, then gave him his purpose. And that's something that we should also kind of, you know, recognize in our own, in our own lives that it, it doesn't, it isn't until we recognize that Jesus is, is son of God. He's the only one that can fulfill us. That's when we actually are given our purpose and really know our identity and really know like who we are. And so as we come back into this topic of social media taking over our lives and so many of us are losing our, our sense of self, how can we be the exception while like the world is going through this pitfall? I think to not be trapped by it. I think once you come to that awareness that it's happening, you have to acknowledge that yes, it, it is happening. And acknowledging, acknowledging that. that, wow, I go through this and I compare myself, oh, that I'm not pretty enough, that all these, I'm fueling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I, I acknowledge it, that's the part where you have to let go and cut it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it takes time and effort in anything. It's sort of getting a, away from that addiction of, mm. yeah, you know, I want to be confident. That's the human side of us. Like, oh, I want to look good. I, mm-hmm. I want to. Uh, be acknowledged. And the dangers is that we try to fill that void yes. with, the, with the, you know, like I, I need to get that compliment of I, I'm good. I'm talented. I'm, I'm beautiful. But you know, we're, we're trying to get that from, you know, our peers, you know, yes. from, from humans. And it's just like, <laughs> but we're human, you know, it, it fluctuates. Whereas God, he's always going to say that you're, 
know, you're, you're good. You know, you're one, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. And sometimes too, when I, when I first became aware of it, I, I also realized that it wasn't so much as I didn't get those compliments, but um, I was seeking them in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. It's a twofold thing that I wasn't giving compliments either. Mm. <laughs> um, that was a practice as well, like affirming other people. So I remember this one moment, um, someone came up to me. It was like after mass. This, they just came up to me and, and said, you have a beautiful smile. Mm. Like, you, you just have a beautiful smile. And um, it brightened their day or something. Of course, that made me smile more. But I just remember thinking, wow, how often do I go up to people I might not know too well, or even people I do know, and I give them a compliment. I see something in the spirit. To be spiritually aware, because we are spiritual people. Where is the Holy Spirit um, working in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and for for us to be focused on some of the materialistic things, then we lose sight of where God is actually working. Yeah. Um, but again, just acknowledging it and not being controlled by it. Mm-hmm. And again, there are times where, oh, I'm caught in it, but then I pull myself out. What questions do you suggest, you know, young adults ask themselves in order to kind of regain their their true identity, which is the identity that God gave them? I think the questions I've asked myself is, do I really need this? Mm, That's a good Um, Is this giving me life? Mm. God brings life. If this is going to be fruitful. Uh, even in, in um, the prayer on the card right here, it was sort of like, oh, let this interview, let my words that I speak today just be fruitful. So that's what I ask myself. Is this giving me life? Is this causing me stress? And there's good stress too, but there's that stress that makes you immobile, mm-hmm. that becomes self-isolating that you kind of just become an island and there's this fear, because I've been stuck on that, like fear island. Um, And self-isolation, self-criticism, all these things that... The spiritual battle. Yes, it is a spiritual battle, but it's like, it brings me into that depression. Mm. Um, There's the... Battle of the mind. Yeah, Yeah. it it is. You know, we come back to the, the question sometimes like, are you happy? Well, God wants us to be fully alive in him because that's where we get our our, our joy. We yeah. get our happiness from that. And that's the key point is that <laughs> we try. I think everyone's trying to find happiness, oh, but yes. we think that we're trying to we're, we're trying to find happiness. And the numbers of likes that we have on this post or just the amount of money that yeah. we, we get paid per hour or whatnot. We're forgetting God is the source of our joy. Yes. And uh, I, it, we just celebrated some jubilees in our community. And I was uh, sitting with a sister who celebrated 70 years. Something was asked of her of what awards she's won and stuff. And she was like, I I didn't really care for awards or, you know, recognition Mm -hmm. and stuff. She just lived that 70 years of faithful service. And she was content with that. And I looked at her, I was like, yeah, why why do we seek awards? And, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, she's, you know, when we introduce people, Oh, she's a master's, a PhD. She she has this. She has this award, and oh, she has a building named after her. <laughs> she knows she has a better reward waiting for her later. <laughs> so that wasn't what you know. She was. She was like, huh, it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> what what I have? Yeah, seventy years of faithful service, joyful service, the gratitude, um, yeah. being faithful to God. That for her was enough, and mm-hmm. she was so content with that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like oh, I don't have any awards that I've won that I can list on this mm-hmm. piece of paper that's asking me. You know, these are the examples, and I'm, I I live with women who give me those examples. I also live with them. Uh, so that they can show me the humanity mm-hmm. as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we want to, there's some part of us that wants to be acknowledged and wants these things. But when we acknowledge how Christ is working in us, it does require vulnerability of of sharing a little bit of yourself. Uh, when people say like, oh, how is it living in the convent? I'm like, you know, it's not all just rainbows every day. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have um, different personalities. Yeah. Uh, we have moments of, that practice of reconciliation. Uh, we have um, the blessing and struggles of being together and living in community. Community living is radical. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can practice it in our parishes and our families. It takes time, mm-hmm. but, uh, but to be that start and know that it's gonna be difficult. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be times where like, oh God, really? You gave me this situation to deal with <laughs> right now? <laughs> um, and just laugh through it. Um, yeah. But to acknowledge, yeah. yes, we also have that humanity in us. But the divine part, um, we really just invite God to enter into my my very being uh, mm-hmm. and help me become that divine perfection that yeah. you... Well, I think you hit it like right on the nail because I was, I've heard many people, you know, kind of depend their, again, their identity on other people's labels and designations and and whatnot and it's a it's a bit of a mental pain that they that they do have to go through and so i would say asking yourself do i really need this it's also asking yourself you know who does god say you are who do you say you are who do you want to be that's kind of when you know this is who i want to be and this is i think this is where god's taking me um in order to kind of faithfully you know live my purpose and I'm also glad you brought up kind of like the Jubilee story because, <laughs> and you actually touched on the word contentment because I was going to ask you, you know, what advice you would give to young adults who are grounding themselves in comparison killers rather than contentment. And perhaps maybe that does require, you know, to take a step of courage and practice gratitude. I don't know what your advice is on that. It is that gratitude. Um, that's really hard. Mm. Because even even looking at my past and some of the struggles and things that I've gone through, uh, even taking that, putting it, putting it forth in prayer and saying, thank you for these. Mm. Uh, I've grown so much in those struggles. Yeah. If everything just went on perfectly, uh, I don't think I would be the person I am today. Yeah, I don't think that I would be so aware or have that wisdom to share with people and helping them, you know, come out of of where they are. In the in the really past week, because I was in California, and I I had a chance to meet with people that were part of my journey growing up that I had not seen in years. I met uh, one in particular. I met my confirmation catechist, which you know we we kind of saw each other and we're like, "Do you remember me?" Do you? <laughs> I was like in full habit and. Uh, he was like, you're my star pupil. And I was like, really? I didn't. I was so shy back then. I would rarely raise my hand or anything. And so, you know, now I'm a catechist. So that was a, a neat moment. Um, I met with, she, she's a teacher. She was one of the teachers at the Catholic school. 
and um, she was struggling with infertility. And infertility is one of the things that a lot of people struggle with. And so for her, she was like, I, I've gotten to a place where I'm at peace. Mm. And I was like, how That's do you contentment. get there? Yeah. Um, I think we all have our journeys. Gratitude starts there. But it's like God wants and desires peace. Mm -hmm. And he gives everyone a different cross. You know, mm -hmm. I will never know what it means to wow. struggle yeah. with infertility. Yeah. Um, I had an encounter with someone who was struggling with stage four lung cancer mm. and had a made a decision that he was very much at peace at. He's about in his 70s that to stop treatment. And so I met with him really for me, probably the last time. We didn't really say the word goodbye, but that was clearly what it was. And so these are the moments where I can see somehow in their path, they've come to that peace. They've come to that acceptance of the cross because that's what our faith is mm. uh, but our and faith I, doesn't end at the cross either <laughs> yes yes i mean jim caviso also said it like if if you're not going to carry your cross now you're going to be crushed by the weight of it later <laughs> which is i think is just so true like when you're talking about that you know carrying that cross and and having that faith to do so so it is like, that moment of gratitude that recognition of the cross mm -hmm. because those are your struggles but that also um those are opportunities for you to um, be a witness to God's might and grace. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of, that's sort of the journey that when I get to encounter and um, uh, be able to sh share, but also hear, mm -hmm. like just listen to these moments, that's life-giving. Mm, yeah. And just also, I, I would also add on like, kind of part of this comparison killer is we're just like, saying, oh, I'm not good as her, or I'm not better than, you know, this person. I wish I could be better than him. It's also kind of reminding me of this gospel. He gives everyone just a certain amount of gifts, and we just use that gift to bring glory to him. And St. Paul also talked about encouraging others and, and lifting each other up. And a phrase that I kind of like to live by is, their win is not your loss. You know, their win is also your win. Maybe we should also help each other journey together and to, again, kind of um, reaching back to our, our first call, which is to reach sainthood. And so I think I mean, what you touch on being, you know, grateful and, and practicing that gratitude, that act of gratitude is definitely a, a good first step to take in order to also, um, at the end of the day, receive peace in return. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's um, a switch in how we think. Because mm. I think I've really had to redefine how I think sometimes. Yeah. Because we get caught in how the world thinks. That's, um, that's that the issue. I, I just, I was talking to my nephew and he is in fifth grade right now. And so I asked him like, oh, you know, what's your favorite subject? And he's like, oh, I like to be a library leader. And what that is, is like during his recess, he goes in the library and dusts the library <laughs> shelves and, um, and organizes books and things like that. And I said, so you, you, I mean, you give up your recess so that you can work in the library? And he's like, no, I've chosen to use my time at recess to volunteer. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, who taught you that? Because <laughs> it was not from me. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just how we say something sometimes whether it's the tone, mm -hmm. and I'm still working on that. Yeah. Um, whether it's just saying something in a different way, 
Uh, and I learned from other people too. I'm, I just learned from my nephew. He's fifth grade. <laughs> and it's just, how do we say something? Mm -hmm. Because words are powerful. Yeah. Actions are powerful. And so for him, he enjoyed it. Uh, and, and he, like a group of friends and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So he's not out on the playground. Mm -hmm. He's in the library, just like dusting and putting things away. Mm -hmm. And I look and I was like, but you don't clean your room. <laughs> but it's different moments of how do we phrase something differently? Mm. Uh, I'm still learning that. How do we communicate with each other that expresses that love for each other and mm -hmm. respect for each other? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the awareness and acknowledgement is that um, I'm imperfect at it. Mm. And I'm still going to practice that, which mm. means I want to grow and improve on it. That's the growth. That's the journey forward. Mm. I don't want to be static. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to uh, be able to you know, a year from now or even a day from now, be like, wow, I'm able to do much more than I even gave myself credit. I'm capable of much more. I'm capable mm. for, for yeah. greatness. Saying that to yourself yeah. instead of saying, oh, I wish I could be like yes. her or I wish I could be like this. Because, you know, there are certain gifts that I'm not meant to have. Yeah. Um, and there are That's certain so gifts true. that, yeah. uh, you know, when I see it in someone else, I'm like, oh, yeah, just yeah. Just bring it out. Like, I can't do this. So you really, you really, you know, yeah. this is what. And you it's do. also like, if we focus our emo energy and emotion on like certain things that we don't have, it's almost as if we're telling God, you didn't get it right. You know? <laughs> that's true. Right? That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and sometimes that's really it. My journey moving forward is that trust and surrender mm. uh, to what God has planned. Yeah. You know, I look in my own uh, vocation story. and I'm just like, yeah, I planned a lot of things. But then in the end, God's plan is the one that, you know, mm -hmm. that I'm walking and I'm at that stage where it's like, all right, God has a plan. Sometimes it's figuring out or being open to what lessons or what areas of growth God is calling me to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's going to be a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. It's going to be quite a journey. It's going to be a journey. It's, <laughs> it's called Through Thick and Thin. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last question here. You ready for it? <laughs> Sure. This sure. does not have to do anything with what we talk about. So it's, you know, all up to your creativity. But what is the best, the greatest piece of advice you've ever been given? You are ready. Mm. There, There's a moment that comes to my mind. I was at the Newman Center at UC San Diego. And I was just at that moment in my life getting back into being part of a Catholic community. Um, cause I had kind of strayed away. I mean, I still went to mass on Sundays, but I was seeking community. Father John Paul Forte is a Dominican priest. He was asking me to be a student minister. So like one of the leadership and he, he looked at me and I, I feel like at that moment he read my mind. Cause I was like thinking of all the reasons why I'm not ready mm. <laughs> that I'm not qualified. I'm not enough. Like that, all that, of these, yes. it's, it's just like that most like, how can I say no <laughs> in the nicest way possible that will work? You know, there was this like silence. Cause I think everyone expected me to say yes right away. That was such like a done deal thing. <laughs> I looked at him and then he just looked at me and said, you are ready. Mm. Um, I think I have been somewhat of um, a fearful person and fear is and a lot uh, of us have oh yeah fear is fear and anxiety <laughs> best something we all all deal with and so uh yeah you are ready mm. and for me that was the moment of like that true call to discipleship i feel like that wasn't the first time god has asked out of me like mm. discipleship 
But that was the first moment I I remember saying yes. And that got my foot into the door. But fear is like the discipleship killer. Yep. Um, and so that that comment of just you are ready, because there are so many times when I feel like I'm not ready, I'm not qualified, I'm not mm-hmm. all of these things. And then it's like, nope, okay, I'm ready now. Because mm-hmm. if if I keep saying I'm not ready, You're I'm never not going to be ready. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to ever be ready. <laughs> I wouldn't make it here. Yeah. So it's just like, all right, yeah. I, I am ready. So even yeah. if I, I think so like I want to escape right now, <laughs> like, hey, no, hey. I, I'm ready. <laughs> no, right now. This has been fun. <laughs> well, it's also good advice for just um, even for me myself. It's just reminding myself that, hey, you are ready and you are made for this moment. There's really nothing to fear when God's with you. Yes. We all know it. I think um, just to kind of end this podcast, I always end it with, you know, challenges. And so for this, for this episode, I would kind of encourage everyone to just, you know, like you said, be very aware and and be ready to acknowledge um, your surroundings and also acknowledge who you are, acknowledge what God says, who God says you are and who you want to be. And also kind of asking the question, do I really need this? You know, is is this is this necessary? And I also I also like to say it like you got to kill comparison before it kind of kills you. Just kind of understanding that like your worth is not determined by any of the materialistic things that happen in this world or that are current in this in this world, but that it comes from God, and that your confidence, you know, which relates to this the self worth, is sustained by you know your relationship with God. And, and how you encounter him. And also, I would also encourage everyone to kind of use this month of October to pray the rosary and really connect with Mother Mary. Just make an effort, maybe like 15 minutes or so, you know, to pray the rosary, but also at the same time reflect on how Mother Mary found her self-worth and her confidence in the Lord. Is there anything else you would like to add? When you're out of prayer, just pray the Hail Mary. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pray the Hail Mary. And if the rosary is something that you haven't tried picking up. Try it. Be be open to it uh, and ask Mary to help you. She's a mother that yeah. will help you learn it. Mm-hmm. That will um, maybe just inspire you to to just pray. But even if it's just one Hail Mary a day, yeah. eventually you'll, you'll make up the rosary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I have, it's like, oh, okay, a rosary a day for me. And then I have sisters that I live with that, Pray like all the mysteries. Oh wow! Praying like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, whatever prayer you can can add to the church, I, I mean, that's it. People say thank you is the shortest prayer. I was like, no, nah, help, help is always my shortest prayer. Light a candle. There's so many different ways to pray. That Just keeping that communication with God. Yes. Yeah. If going to the beach and shouting into it is a, a, a <laughs> prayer to God, like, do it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, know that God is there, loves you, and will always have open arms. And, and just, uh, yeah, reach out to someone. God works through them. God works through you. And God is just there. He's everywhere. You can't yeah. escape. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close off, would you also like to lead us in, in prayer? Lead in prayer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let us begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for creating us. Yes. um, Creating us to be wonderful and beautiful and perfect. We thank you for calling us your children. 
We thank you for sending us such a great example, choosing for us a great example of faith in Mary. Help us as uh, as you have given her the grace. Give us the grace to to walk this journey that you've uh, laid before us, a journey that will bring us to the the peace, the love, the joy that you desire us to live fully alive, fully in this life, that we are enough in your eyes, that we are who we are because you have allowed us to choose, allowed us to be. We thank you and we ask for more grace (laughs) as you have freely given us. We ask you to make us the instruments of your grace as we share it with the world, with each other. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. And then Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Sister Maria, <laughs> you are amazing. And it was so fun. So fun. So magical to have you here on Through Thick and Thin. And just reminding us that we can't really know ourselves until we, we know our creator. And especially with that prayer. I love it. And thank you for just for choosing to be here with me and for sharing your wisdom. Oh, thank you. I had a fun time. I, I hope <laughs> Was it, it stressful? To, you know? <laughs> well, um, just want to say thank you to everyone um, who has tuned into this podcast. And if you haven't already, check out other Vietnamese prayers and sermons on the free Hail Mary media app and follow us on our social media pages linked in the description area below. Remember to love God more than you fear your cross. And we will see you on Friday, November 3rd for another episode. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Through Thick and Thin, produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Learn more about this podcast, our other shows, and other Vietnamese content by visiting the free Hail Mary media app.